You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Absolutely. All right. So why don't you give us a little bit about your background in healthcare, just briefly and how you guys met and, and then we'll talk about what you're doing now. Sure. Well, this is Michelle. I'll go first, Katie. Um, I'm a nurse and my entry into nursing started out in high school when a guidance counselor knocked on the door and asked me to come and come out in the hallway and I thought I was in trouble. And he said, Michelle, you're one of three students in our high school that's been selected to go into a co-op nurses aid program. And the first words out of my mouth were, I don't want to be a nurse. <laughs> and that, so when people ask me, well, how did you get into nursing? I say divine intervention. And um, I actually started that co-op nurses aid program. And when I saw what nurses did, I was so blown away. I mean, I, I just saw the beauty, the science, the art of it all. And I went on to get my bachelor's degree in nursing. So that's how I got my start. Awesome. And Tracy? Yeah. Yeah, this is Tracy. And um, I'm actually a respiratory therapist. And I was introduced to, uh, well, really nursing and respiratory therapy uh, when a very, very dear friend of mine was in a, a horrific car accident, was on a ventilator uh, for months. And I was at her side a lot of the time and got to see what nurses did, what respiratory therapists were doing. And at the time I was kind of in a pivot moment in my life where I was looking for a career. And I thought, you know, I kind of like what those respiratory therapists were doing. I thought I could do that. <laughs> and so I went on to get my uh, associate's degree and become a respiratory therapist. And, um, and then, well, Michelle and I met at hospital orientation and uh, we were in a large auditorium and she was sitting in front of me and they said, stand up and shake the hand of the person behind you. And that was me. And we've been shaking hands for over 30 years. <laughs> so that's how we met each other. That's awesome. I mean, talk about a divine intervention, <laughs> you know, that, that you guys. Would Another be. divine intervention. Right. <laughs> that's really funny. All right. So, um, so you've been working for together in the last 30 years. And uh, so something must have happened that you decided that you were going to start a business. Um, where did, what is it that you guys are doing now? And, and then we'll talk about how you came to, to start this. Sure. So we started Missing Logic in 2018, and uh, we are a healthcare coaching and consulting company, and we work with healthcare leaders and healthcare organizations. And our mission is to combat burnout and really help organizations be healthy, healing organizations with good, thriving work cultures, and for healthcare leaders to be their best selves, both personally and professionally. So we have different frameworks and programs that we work with leaders and healthcare organizations with. Okay. And why, how did you know that you needed to do this? <laughs> well, we were fortunate. You, you were right on when you said divine intervention and meeting at hospital orientation, because we had the great fortune to work in an organization with a nurse leader named Bonnie Wasorek. And Bonnie was an entrepreneur. She created a professional practice framework started out for nursing and then became interprofessional. 
And we had the great opportunity to work with her and to see what that was like. And in the course of that, we also worked with healthcare organizations all across North America to create healthy healing work cultures and interprofessional practice environments. And, you know, I was on a travel team. I would go out to different organizations and we would support them. And then eventually Bonnie became an entrepreneur and took the business outside of the hospital and we had a chance to work with her. So through those 25 plus years of working uh, in that realm, being consultants and coaches to healthcare leaders, we really got to see what the struggles were. And not just in one organization, but we could see the patterns. And when we finally realized that we needed to leave the corporate world, because at that point, our Bonnie's company had been bought a couple different times, acquired a few different times, and we were part of a large global company, we realized we had greatness in us and it wasn't going to be in that company that that was going to be released. <laughs> so we said, now's the time. And we actually had a legacy plan. Uh, we've been legacy planning for 10 years that we would eventually work together, have our own business and do our own thing. Okay. So you've known about that. So, you've so known you're going to work together for a long time. <laughs> oh yeah. From the moment we met. <laughs> um. All right, so you know, I, I, the interesting thing is, is that a, a lot of times that we have nurses that come to us and they want to do something about burnout, and they, you know, want to teach the nurses or have them take a course on burnout. Usually, we're, we're like, well, I'm not sure that's going to solve burnout, but you guys are going after the healthcare organization. So why, um, you know, how did, how did you come up with that idea, and was it difficult for you to kind of get in with the healthcare system? Well, we're kind of doing both, actually. Um, we're working with the healthcare systems, and we have 25 plus years experience in doing that, working with creating healthy healing organizations and leveraging a framework approach. So I think the approach we take is um, not just to work with the individuals, but to really put make sure the systems, the processes, the infrastructures are in place. And we have a very unique mechanism called polarity intelligence, which is a part of our framework. So what we're helping organizations to realize is that burnout isn't a problem to solve, that there are many, many interdependent pairs of values that are associated with why burnout occurs and why healthy, well, why organizations aren't healthy healing cultures. And so we help them to look at healthcare through a whole new lens, which, you know, we realized when we left healthcare, they were missing this logic, which is why we named our company Missing Logic. And, uh, and so we really help them to put on this whole different lens and then to evaluate their culture um, through that lens by doing measurements and right, uh, having different metrics around it, et cetera. And then we also work with the leaders and we chose to work with the leaders because they're the kingpin. They're the linchpin in the whole organization. If the leaders aren't thriving and strong, the organization won't be, and the clinicians don't have role models to follow, to build resilience, to be live balanced lives and to thrive in the organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Katie, we don't have to tell you or your listeners that when you become an entrepreneur, you have it all figured out on the first day, right? <laughs> now I'm still figuring it out for like six years. <laughs> I know, right? So actually we were going down this path, you know, with the organizational work. And then when COVID hit and we were very committed to burnout, um, we were like, what can we do to serve the leaders right now? So back in 
back in May, we did a series of free webinars for healthcare leaders and it was really well attended. And then it just went from, okay, they're like, what else do you got? So we uh, developed a framework called the dynamic balance effect framework. It's more at a personal level. And um, we have three different pillars in that framework as well. And one is to really look at, you know, how well they're personally aligned. Do these leaders know their vision? Do they have a purpose? Are they aware of what their strengths are? Um, for those, you know, as some examples. Um, and then we also really hone in on making mindful choices. So um, are, you know, do they know what their values are? And um, what about their identity? So, and then they make choices as a result of that. And then we have this third one, which is polarity intelligence, which is very unique. And we help them look at their own tensions of how well are they balancing work and their personal life, um, you know, caring for themselves, caring for others. There's several core personal tensions all of us have to manage. And so when we got done with the webinars, we said, hey, one of the main things we heard, because another important thing as an entrepreneur is listen to your, listen to your people, right? And everyone was just scrambling for work-life balance of some sort. They, they were before the pandemic, but when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh my gosh. So we offered a work-life balance boot camp, And again, people came and it was very successful. And we got... And uh, when they left that there, they actually had a blueprint of how to manage their work in a personal life. And then it rolled into a mindset accelerator program and it rolled into a coaching program. And now we have a membership program. Oh, wow. That moved really fast. And all that's really just listening. Yeah. Well, it's listening to what they wanted. And before we were even done, they were saying, what else do you have? What else do you have? <laughs> so we were creating programs as we were going, right? Because it's like, oh, okay, well, we can do this. And <laughs> so you just gotta, I think that's the other thing for an entrepreneur. You've got to know what your people, what their needs are, what their desires are and what their pain points are. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's hard to keep up with it sometimes too, because we run into that problem a lot because I'll, you know, people will say, uh, you know, I want to do this course or this course or this course. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But the rest of the team can't like, you know, they're, <laughs> my own team is like getting burned out because there's so many ideas, so many things that we could do. Um, and it's so exciting. So how do the two of you kind of keep your work-life balance? Well, actually every Monday morning we check in on that. It's a part of our, our corporate process. <laughs> so we really check in to make sure that we're honoring that, right? How's it going? How, you know, what can I do to support you? Is there anything that's interfering with you maintaining a balance between the things you have going on at home and the things that we need to accomplish this week at work? And, um, and I think the other thing that we do is we operate from our strengths. So we have really set up our company to be a strength-based organization and, um, that way we don't have people who are spinning their wheels, doing work that is not their strength and not something that, you know, aligns with their purpose or, you know, um, that they are, it's not to not grow, but it's just to let's stay in your wheelhouse, keep in your lane, because you're going to be more effective, more efficient, which helps you balance better, right, at, mm -hmm. uh, at home as well, because you're not caught up in and spending a lot of time on things that are not nurturing you or growing you as a person. Yeah, and fortunately, when it comes to polarities, Tracy and I are we're a walking polarity <laughs> because she's she's so good at you know concrete strategic thinking, the details, 
I mean, she's, I tell my husband, she's a machine. She's a machine. <laughs> and I'm more, Oh, look what's out there. And look at all these relationships. And, and I'm more of a generalist. And so we keep each other in check though. I mean, we, and, and to your point, it can get really exciting, but Tracy is, she reigns us in. Nope. These are our goals. We got to stick to our goals. And I really respect that because I'd be in trouble if I didn't have her. <laughs> Somebody's got to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Cause the ideas can get, it can get out of hand and everything seems so exciting that it's just kind of like, all right, like we can't, we can't pursue all of this. Um, right. Okay. So tell me a little bit more like, uh, about polarity intelligence like what if you know i want to is this an assessment i can get done like you know would you guys like if i came to you and say okay i want your polarity intelligence like what does that mean and like maybe give some examples yeah yeah so actually this is a competency and we believe it's really our mission to have all leaders have this competency because polarities are everywhere polarities are interdependent pairs of values they appear to be opposite or contradictory to each other, but they need each other in order to achieve, achieve a greater purpose. So we always use breathing as the best example, right? Inhaling and exhaling. You have to do both in order to live, right? If you neglect exhaling, you're going to die. If you neglect to inhale, you're going to die. I mean, it's that simple, okay? And, and so that is the probably the most finite <laughs> interdependent values that we've got, but our body takes care of that for us all the time. We don't have to think about it, right? The only time we have to think about it is when we've got a deficit and one to the other, right? Like if I'm having problems breathing, then I got to really, then I'm more conscious about it, right? But my body manages it all the time. Every other polarity in life, we have to consciously manage. And that's what we're teaching people is every polarity works the same way. So it doesn't matter which one you're managing they're gonna operate the same way. If you overemphasize one of those poles to the neglect of the other, you're gonna experience negative consequences. And it's when we try to treat a polarity like a problem that we get into trouble. And leaders are excellent problem solvers and everything is a problem. That's why we give them the polarity intelligence lens and competency so they can manage it and they can engage their teams in conversations around those polarities that they share and you can't assess them. So because they all operate the same way, once you define the elements of a polarity, in other words, the benefits of managing it, the outcomes that you get from both poles and what's gonna happen if you don't manage it, right? The negative consequences and your action steps, you can pretty much manage it and you can measure it. So you, once you put your action plan into place and you do a reassessment, you can tell if those interventions are working or not because you're going to be experiencing more and more of the positive outcomes and less and less of any of the negative consequences. So it is manageable and we measurable at the individual level and the organizational level. What are some of the common repairs um, that you see that, that come up? Well, from an organizational perspective, uh, one of the ones that comes up frequently is balancing patient experience and clinician experience. In fact, we got into trouble with it as a nation when the triple aim came out because there was so much focus on the patient experience, but the clinician wasn't there, which then that resulted in the whole burnout and the National Academy of Medicine eventually starting the, you know, the whole action collaborative on that. So that's a really good one. 
And in organizations, we've, we saw it over and over again, we're just gonna focus on employee engagement this, this year. We're just gonna focus on patient satisfaction this year. Um, other ones are margin and mission. That's a big one, right? You have to balance both. And um, so that's a good example of an organizational one. Then there's several that I mentioned earlier that are individual. And a big one that leaders struggle with is doing and being. Leaders are achievers. They wanna do, 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 do. And it's so much fun to work with them. And they're like, what's being? <laughs> and so it's, it's been great because they, they kind of become aware. They have no time in their life just to be. And that's where the transformation comes when they really understand how important being is and they have to both do that dynamic balance of being and doing and, and act, transformation happens. Yeah. Right. But, but you also have that pressure to do, right? Like you're not being paid to be at some level or you don't sure. feel like you're being yeah. paid to be. So how does that kind of like, how do you balance that? Well, it, it, it is a balance. Right. And so what we want, what they tend to not do is they, they tend to not prioritize it. So how many times do you get a good idea in a shower or when you're out for a walk, right? Because you're just letting yourself be, you're not focused on doing something. So it's as simple as that, taking a 15 minute walk, pausing for 10 minutes, just to let, just to sit and be quiet, um, journaling. Right. I mean, it's an action, but it's a way of being because you're just letting your thoughts flow. You're right. You're you're kind of just being in that moment and being quiet. It's reflection time. It's those kinds of elements. And it looks different for every person. Every person has a little bit different way of engaging that part. But instead of being in action and trying to achieve, it's more of the internal work that you need to do the growing, right? That kind of focus internally versus externally. So it's like asking questions versus having answers <laughs> as an yeah. example. Yeah, no, I love that. And that was the only way I got done my dissertation because, um, you know, I was stuck on it for a couple of years. And then one time, one day I'm just like, well, I'm going to go on vacation. And I went off, uh, you know, I, I was agency nurse at the time and I could take off two months and I just traveled and I came back with this like amazing idea and like, just trudged right through my dissertation, my dissertation and was able to complete it very quickly after that. But, you know, prior to that, I'm like, oh my God, like this is because I was constantly working and I wasn't able to think. Uh, so the ideas weren't coming to me mm -hmm. and it was just a pure yeah. frustration. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and, you know, it's, it's, it can be as simple as hanging that do not disturb sign on your door. Like just leave me alone for yeah. scheduling. <laughs> Yeah, or disturb time, right? I mean, yeah, and it's a it's a problem too. I think with the a lot of the organizations because even as a faculty member, you know, there's this um, insistence that you answer these emails constantly coming through, and if you're always like you're saying, doing, you don't have that time to reflect and, and it's, um, you know, it has to be almost the culture. So I love that you guys are going after the organizations because if my dean doesn't respect that I need some downtime in order to be productive, even if it's like me staring at the wall and they're like, oh, look at Katie, she's like doing nothing. But, you know, I need that time to be, uh, to just figure things out or let things come to me. Right. 
Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's part of it too is, so if this is really important to me and I know it's going to make me a better leader or a better academician, whatever it is, then who do I have to be to stand for that? Who do I have to be, right? Who do I have to show up as to say, this is important. If you want me to be able to do these things, this is something that I need. And so again, it aligned with the values and my purpose and my reason for being here and being the best that I can be, this is a part of that. So sometimes it's having the courage, being a courageous person to take a stand for what you need in an organization or environment and making mindful choices. Uh, so how have you guys been getting the word out about this? Like, how do you approach healthcare leaders? Did you already have connections with them? Are you trying to make connections? Uh, you know, if, if somebody were going to start something like, not necessarily this, but they want to talk to healthcare organizations, like how do they, I mean, it's so nebulous, like <laughs> I'm going to go talk to Cigna or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think we have a multi-pronged approach, Katie. That's a great question. Um, one of the things we did is we started a podcast about a year and a half ago, Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. And uh, it's in the top leadership healthcare podcast now by Feedspot. And um, so that's one way. And it's a great platform, as you know, because we're on your podcast, <laughs> just to share the work, right? Um, and then we also um, ha- have a network because of the work we've done, both for pro- professional organizations and organizations. Um, a lot of the we have a lot of warm market people that come to us. They know Tracy and I. They think we're fun. They, they, they one of our CNOs said, "You guys make me coachable." So tapping that network has been really, really positive. Um, we try to have a strong presence on LinkedIn and we're even taking a more serious look at LinkedIn because that's where our people live. And, um, and then um, we also have other social media platforms, uh, Facebook and you know, Twitter, things like that. Um, and then speaking, we love to speak. Uh, we had several speaking engagements get canceled uh, during the pandemic. So now people are looking for virtual speakers, which we love because when we started Missing Logic, we didn't want to be on the road every week like we were for years on end. And so we had Zoom before nurse leaders knew what Zoom was. <laughs> so we, we, we love to do virtual speaking as well. Yeah, no, I, I love um, th- that part of COVID where it changed things. So things go online and virtual, I think has been uh, just so needed because uh, for so long, you know, it was like, you have to be in person. It's like, no, actually we don't. Uh, We can get a lot done. Right. Uh, So yeah, I love that. Um, Okay. And so what is your big vision for this? Like what would what would uh, success look like to you that you were like, we did it? I, I, I feel like you've already done it, um, but like, what, is, what does that look like to you? Well, I think we really want to be the catalyst for polarity intelligence to be a competency for every healthcare leader, every clinician, every organization. I mean, it is, they are everywhere. And until we learn how to manage them, we will constantly be repeating and repeating and repeating all of the failures that we've had. And so that's really been one of our key missions, you know? And I think the other thing is just to change healthcare one leader at a time, right? It begins with the leader, so. Yeah, you guys have a lot of work ahead of you. (laughs) Um. (laughs) We do, but we're hopeful. Uh, and do you have just, uh, I guess, uh, tell us what it's like to be in your workshops or your boot camps? Like, 
how how do you guys run those? Yeah, well, they're all virtual and they're very engaging. And one of the things that we made a commitment to the leaders that we work with is you get your work done in the in in the boot camp. Um, and they love that. And we have validated that every group that has gone through, like, you know, at, at first I thought, oh my gosh, five days, how can I do this? But we get them in there, we teach them the concepts, we have them do the work. And by the time they get all the way done, they have a completed strategy and how they're going to move forward. Um, now we don't do the work all the time in all of our coaching programs as they go up. Um, we'll have certain assignments and that they reflect on and then they'll come back and we coach. We just do coaching um, with them at that point. Yeah. So that's primarily how we work with them. Okay, so, so the, the, we just released this. We just released a self-study yeah. um, this week. We're testing a self-study program that people can just do on their own. And we have the boot camp. And after the boot camp, we have what's an accelerator program. And that's really their mindset shifts. And we teach them more about the polarities that they have to balance. And that's a four week program, one hour a week coaching time and then they do you know they have their prep that they have to do like they have the topic of the week and then our coaching program is off the back of that and that is right now it's currently a six-week program but we're going to be extending that and it's the same type of thing we give them an assignment the topic of the week they come to the call once a week prepared with their questions the things they want to be coached on and uh, those are kind of how they run yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but is this something that you do for the bedside nurse as well, or is it really more focused on the healthcare leaders? The leaders is then our focus. Okay. We certainly can apply it to the clinicians. Yeah. Um, it really applies to your point. There's lots of opportunity. Everything we're doing applies to anybody. There isn't, you know, we just chose healthcare because that's our passion, but we've had, we've had CPAs, we've had you know, coaches of baseball teams, we've had, you know, all kinds of people come to us and say, wow, could you help my group do this, you know, so it's applicable to anybody. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so, um, and it looks like you guys have been featured on a lot of places. Was that, was that you, Michelle, getting all these things since you <laughs> you like to build the relationships, <laughs> but it looks like you've been on NPR and, and CBN, CNBC and Voice of America and CNBC. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 CNBC in December ran a story on us, um, on our healthcare organization work. And uh, we were able to have some of our clients speak about the impact Missing uh, Logic has had. So that was really exciting. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's awesome. So, all right. And, and what's kind of the next step for you? So what is the next big idea that's coming out? Well, we're taking some of what we've been doing with individual leaders and we're taking it into the organization. So, you know, most of our work in the organization has been, you know, kind of focused on the whole organization, but we're going to leverage our dynamic balance effect framework and the work we've been doing with individual leaders to work with cohorts of leaders within organizations so that it can not only strengthen the individual leader, but the team of leaders at the same time. So that's something that we're, that we're doing. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you if they want to find out more about uh, the missing logic and listen to your podcast or contact you if they have more questions? Yeah, great. Thanks. Um, well, I'll go to our website. It's missinglogic.com. And our emails are real easy. It's michelle at missinglogic.com and tracy at missinglogic.com. 
And yeah, listen to our podcast, Healthcare's Missing Logic. It's on our website and it's also on, you know, iTunes and Stitcher and Google, all the other platforms as well. And, uh, you know, we have a Facebook page, Missing Logic LLC, and we also have a LinkedIn page. So, and you can set up a, a comp, you know, a call if you want to talk with us on our webpage as well. So, either way. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you. Our pleasure. Yeah.